and welcome to the Hack Your Mindset podcast with me, Jenny Winterleach, the Mindset Hacker. So wherever you are today and whatever it is you're doing while you're listening to this, settle in and enjoy the ride. Hello everyone and welcome to another one of our live Q&As and I am absolutely thrilled this morning to be joined by Jade. Good morning, Jade. Hello, thank you for inviting me. You're very welcome. Now, Jade, you've got a wonderful story and a very interesting passion and lots of fabulous stuff. So um, tell us a bit about yourself then, Jade. Introduce yourself to to our listeners. Well, um, I'm Jade and I'm about to um, publish a inclusive storybook uh, to raise funds for the RDA. It's based on my uh, previous horse, Odin, who's passed away now. I had him for about 16 years and he was the love of my life. Um, And the story I thought would... Uh, spread a bit of joy in quite a grim time during lockdown and also maybe inspire some little readers to realise that they can do things even if they face challenges. Um, In the story, the little girl is called Molly and she's challenged by physical disability and she longs to roller skate with her friends and do everything that everyone else does, but she can't. Um, And then she's introduced to Odin. He is uh, in a herd and he longs to be a pony club pony like all of the other horses, but he's just doing riding lessons and dreams of going to uh, Olympia and together they find fun and self-acceptance and I thought it would be a good way to raise funds for the RDA who have been helping me with my new horse Rosie who I've had since May. Um, I'm a disabled rider and uh, it's been a challenge but I still love it so Wow, what a gorgeous, gorgeous story. And I bet there are so many little girls out there that don't know they need to read that that story, that they're, ch- they're challenged by something, could be anything, and a story of real courage and of, you know, positivity and, mm. and some great messages in there. So tell us a little bit about Odin and your 16 beautiful years. Um, amazing. I mean, I got him from a lady. She now lives in Devon. She'd had him for many years. I got him when he was 22. Um, so he's fairly elderly chap then, but he just had the most beautiful disposition. Um, I could have ridden him through Bristol. You know, he was that calm. He never batted an eyelid at anything. And he taught me to canter. Um, and he was just beautiful, a beautiful soul. Um, and we were absolutely best friends. Um, and I thought, I'll never, ever find another horse. I'll, you know, that's it for me. I won't ride again. And then I went for a couple of lessons and got the bug again. Um, and I had some lessons in a place local to me um, at another school. And sadly, that went a little bit wrong. I fell off and they asked me to leave. Um, and I was sort of marched out and absolutely devastated. And it's only when I found the livery yard near my house where Rosie is, Um, that they said, you know, that's not on. You have a right to ride the same as anybody else does. Um, That's discrimination. And it's thanks to them, actually, hello, Woodville, that I'm still riding. And they found Rosie for me so that I could continue to ride. Wow, that's incredible. And so you must be someone who's got a lot of passion, a lot of drive, a lot of tenacity. Tell us a little bit about how you develop that. Um, I suppose... I've sort of had to be fairly determined to just get on with things, but then everybody does. Everyone has their own challenges. Um, It's just, yeah, part of my mindset. Some days, you know, things are hard and then you just sort of get on with things. But I suppose I've changed in the pre-lockdown. I wrote the story about Odin, oh gosh, many years ago, about eight years ago. And I thought, that's a silly idea. I'm not a writer, you know, 
Um, and then sort of the combination of uh, what happened uh, with moving to Woodville and then lockdown, I don't know, somehow it made me a bit gung-ho and I thought, do you know what, I'll just give it a go. I'm not claiming, you know, to be an amazing author, but I think Odin was so fabulous. He would make a lovely story and spread a bit of joy. And I just decided to do it. And then as I was sort of developing that, I thought, right, what else could I do to kind of push myself out of my comfort zone and help support the book? So I started my Off the Lead Rain podcast and I decided I wanted to chat to other inspiring equestrians and small businesses in addition to the ones I'd already spoken to in the small and supercharged group, I thought, right, I'll just set it up. So I did. Um, and again, it was totally outside of my comfort zone, but it's been fabulous. I've in, spoken with uh, Natasha Baker. Um, I've spoken with Tara Punter around mindset, uh, all sorts of people, some, some smaller brands, you know, and uh, it, it's been really so fascinating. And also part of the reason I did it all was, you know, because of the story. But if I'm honest, it was also to <laughs> keep myself in the saddle when I was so, so nervous when I first got Rosie. On the days when I thought, I want to give up, this is too scary. I thought, but I've recorded all of these podcasts now. I can't publish those talking about, you know, how riding benefits your life and then say but I gave up because I was too scared so I was sort of so wanted to do it and had to find ways of of keeping myself trying um God, it's yes. working so far but I'm still a very nervous rider and I think I always will be of a nervous disposition really but yeah and that's that's where that's what we call accountability isn't it it's it's putting something out there that means um you have to then do it like yeah. it's, it's saying a goal yeah. out loud. It's making it public. Yeah. And you made it really public. You created a podcast. Yeah. I mean, we did an episode that was great fun. Yeah. I um, can't wait for that one to come out because I forgot what I even said now. <laughs> um, but, you know, um, yeah, when you put something out there, when you make it public, even when you just say it to someone, you say, I'm going to do this thing. Yeah. Especially if it's the type of person that will say, when you're doing that, then you, t you said you were. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. That accountability, what does that do for you from a motivation perspective? Well, I mean, you can't back out, can you? You know, you've got to keep going. And even though, you know, the first podcast I did, it was a bit nerve wracking, to be honest, but you had to sort of work through it because I knew I'd recorded at least eight at that stage. So they had to had to come out. And now I'm absolutely fine, you know, doing it. I'm used to doing it and I really enjoy it. Um, it's been great to to chat to some really fascinating people. Um, I did one recently on the role of the native pony in sustainable land management, which was really interesting. Um, and again, you know, this live, if I'm honest, I feel quite uncomfortable because I'm not used to doing it. But uh, I'm just pretending nobody's watching. You're doing an absolutely perfect job. <laughs> We're just having a chat. That's all it is. Yeah. Just you and I. There is no one else. So, um so tell us about so your your tenacity and your your strength and you know being able to overcome the obstacles this is something that you've probably developed over the years this wouldn't have suddenly come out in lockdown yes you'd have had some motivation yes you'll have had some accountability but you wouldn't have even put yourself out for that accountability if you didn't have that that fire in your belly behind you so tell us where where's your fire in your belly come from um, about? i suppose um it is part of my personality because I've had to, you know, for for anything sort of 
fairly physical it's maybe been a little bit harder like with riding I had many years as a child where I didn't ride because I'd had a couple of accidents and I was frightened but the want for it was always there um you know I'd watch it but then I couldn't watch you know at at Dorset Show or whatever because I really wanted it but I couldn't kind of bring myself to do it at that stage um but if the want's always there it sort of nags away at you until you do something about it. It's a bit like if you're sitting in a job that you're you're kind of trundling along in, but you're not that happy with. In the end, you'll get to a point where you do change it. And I think with the the book and the, and the podcast and the bits and pieces I've done, I was always sort of very much a, oh, I wish I could do that. I wish I could do that. That would be great. Um, and then in the end, you think, well, I actually, I'm tired of always wishing and, and sort of not doing anything about it. So you're, something in you will find a way to sort of, you know, take you down that path of, of trying it. Um, yeah. And, and you know, I said today that you were going to talk about from wishing to doing, because it's a phrase that you you gave me. I think it was wishing mm-hmm. to doing, wasn't it? That was the phrase. Yeah, yeah. And I think that beautifully shows that you do live that you don't just talk about you know don't don't just wish it do it and and hence why you know my strap line is dream it do it love it because yeah. don't just dream it do it <laughs> do it make sure you love it you know yeah. <laughs> those three elements so tell us a little bit about your journey with Odin I want to know more about him he sounds gorgeous what did you guys get up to he was amazing I mean I got him from Jenny she had bought him when she had lost a bit of confidence after a fall and she said to me oh you won't need a lead rein because I took obviously dad with me when I went to sort of have a ride on him and instantly I was like take the lead rein off we don't need it he was so quiet um and you know I would go off for sort of four hours riding him through local villages and if if you were on him and you wanted a little canter you could just go canter and he would do it like he was that willing um and obviously that's part of his training but also he was a very sensitive soul like I remember once I was upset about I don't know something I was really upset and he left his dinner bucket and came and just put his face on my cheek and he was you know we just really loved each other we we were just very very close um and even I spoke to the stud that bred him when he passed away and said oh you know sadly I've lost him and we were talking for a long time and she said I've never had I've bred some really good horses but never had one quite with the character that he had the the gentleness and the compassion um and he was beautiful so so that's nice. I'm still in touch with them. Um, yeah. And he was just amazing. I took him to like village cream teas. People would just want to see him. I used to ride into the pub and because he was a fjord horse, people would stop and ask what kind of horse is that? Because you don't see many of them. And he was unhogged as well. So he had a huge mane um, and cars would stop and say, well, can I take a photo of that horse? It's a bit like a zebra. Um, so, yeah, he was fairly well known kind of around here. Um yeah, and he lived until he was 35, which was quite wow. a age. Yeah. 35. Gosh, that's incredible. So you had 16 years with him, did you say? About 15, 16, I think. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. And so your horse, Rosie, now then, what's she like? Tell us she about her. She is lovely. She's a black and white cob, um, and she's got two wall eyes, just two, two blue eyes. And again, she has a very kind nature. She's only seven um so uh she's fairly young but apparently she's always been very very laid back you know she used to nanny um some of the young horses and and things where she was before 
and you know she's always passed lorries and things without a problem so that's the kind of quiet nature I need to be able to to ride and, and you know hack out a little bit safely um I've improved a lot because I was absolutely terrified and had two people by the side of me and said I want to get off this isn't a good idea but luckily I, I kept going and now I'm I'm pottering out um with a friend whose horse lives at Woodville as well so that's really nice um you know and I think sometimes I do have days where I watch other people on the yard jumping and things and you do think oh I wish I could do that and I know that's probably not for me you know I I'm never going to be flying over show jumps, but actually I can join in in other ways. And in some ways, I think the podcast and I'm writing um, some equestrian features for the Blackmore Vale magazine here. It, it's enabled me to actually, you know, have a greater part in all things horse, really. Um, so that's been really lovely. Um, and I think that's so key, isn't it? That everyone, you know, focuses horse riding as the thing you do in the horse world but actually there are so many mm. amazingly different things you can do I mean this is why I love doing what I do absolutely love doing what I do because I don't want to be a professional rider I have got absolutely no desire to be a professional rider but I do want to work somehow in the equine industry mm -hmm. and so working with you know people and hearing their stories about horses mm. and, and amazing things and watching them grow and en enjoying them and supporting them in whatever it is they are doing is one element of being in the equine industry so you don't have to be like it's not all about riding is it so no um tell us about you know what joy you get from just being around the horses and being with them let alone the riding that's like that's like the cherry on top isn't mm. it well i mean i love the riding and actually um it gives me some relief from aches and pains and things like that but what i love most is i don't know i think there's a, a sort of serenity about horses when i sort of let rosie out and watch her just you know running running around the arena or you know having a canter around the field that I find that beautiful there's something about horses that I personally find captivating and I'm sure every other rider um feels the same it just to be with them even their smell I think I don't know there's something very healing and very relaxing about being with horses just being not necessarily riding so um I find them a joy they, yeah, they absolutely are, aren't they? And so let's have a think then about what you want to be doing with Rosie. And, and when I say achieving, it doesn't have to be like goals, as in like competition goals or certain types of goals or anything like that. Yeah. It's just like, what what do you want to get out of your relationship with Rosie? What what are you aiming for? What do you want? Um, obviously, I'd like my ridden riding to get a little bit better and to, to feel really confident and, and safe. Um, I'd love to do, be able to do a bit of uh, sort of groundwork with her and, you know, things like mirror me. I find that uh, really lovely and it would be quite fun. Um, I suppose really the main thing I, I, I look to get out of my relationship with Rosie is to have the strength of bond that I had with Odin. I mean, we are close, but I've only had her a few months, you know, and I, I hope that that will come. She has the same lovely nature. Um and just yeah to have a, to be a team and to have some fun in in what we do really yeah and if you think about it you had odin for 15 years 16 15 yeah. years. that's a that's a long time and and mm. i often find this with people particularly people who have bought uh, a horse on from being a youngster and then they have to retire them or they can't compete them or they yeah. they and they they say they get a new horse and they're going oh I just want that bond that we had I just want that thing that we had. 
yeah. And I have to take them back to the first year or so, year or two that they had with that horse and remind them that it didn't necessarily start that way. And mm. that sometimes there might have been things that they had to get to know each other or there had been struggles they had to get mm. through. And I know that, you know, understandably people want where they were at with that horse, yeah. but they forget. That it's a journey. The journey that they went through, yeah. So tell yeah. us about where you feel you're at on your journey with, with Rosie at the moment. Where, um, what's it about? Well, I mean, we're, we are getting better. You know, if I think back to the first time I sat on her and the yard had to really convince me to do it, I was like, oh, I don't know about this. Um, I had two people by the side of me and I asked for a lead rein and I was absolutely white as a ghost. I was literally terrified. Um, and now um, I'm happy to go out with um, my friend and her horse. I do take um, someone with me at the side of me at the moment. I've done it without, but I still am at the moment. But, you know, when I think that I did have a little trot down the road the other day, I would never have even envisaged that would be possible the first time I sat on Rosie. So I think, you know, when I look back, you know, in six months time, I think we'll be a lot more confident and I'm hoping that we'll be going out on little hacks more freely. And yeah, you, I think you you sometimes need to stop and look back because I was doing that the other day and I thought, actually, we've come a long way for us, you know, um, when I think how terrified I was <laughs> when I first sat on her. And I thought, gosh, if I'd known how hard sort of having a different horse would be, I probably would never have done it. So it's a good job that I didn't realise how hard it would be. And I think that's the thing that is so common with so many people. We're so used to being forward focused, future focused, mm. what we want, moving mm -hmm. towards it. Like you say, even doing things like accountability, even saying, right, I'm going to do this thing, you know, future focus. I yeah. want to push out my comfort zone. I want to do something. That's great because it makes you grow. And like, <laughs> like you say, if you realised it was going to be as hard as it was, you probably wouldn't have done it. But no. actually, luckily you didn't. You just said, I want that thing. No. I went for it. Yeah. Um, and we forget sometimes to just stop and look back and, and not yeah. from a, I wish I could have done that. But from, from a gratitude point of view. Yeah. Yeah. So tell and us I, about gratitude for you. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, obviously I'm hugely grateful to have Rosie and massively grateful for the support of the yard and from um, the lady who comes from the RDA to help me, usually weekly. Um, but also I think I'm really grateful for the kind of communities that exist within the equestrian sphere. I mean, I, I know people bash social media and always say how negative it is, but I have found it the most supportive and most welcoming space. You know, when I was asking the likes of Natasha Baker, would you chat on my podcast? I'd only done two or three. No one has obviously heard of me. I'm just me. But she was still kind enough to help out. And actually messaged and said, oh, how's it going with Rosie? You know, and there have been so many people who've helped me. Um, and again, with the book, you know, the lady that's done the illustrations isn't actually an illustrator. She's a, a portrait artist. She did a portrait of Odin years ago. And because I was struggling to find an illustrator that was affordable for me, um, I asked, did you think you could give this a go? And she said, oh, absolutely. I, I'd love it. You know, I love drawing Odin. So I think... You know, I'm I'm hugely aware of the kindness and willingness of people, um, you know, to, to give you a helping hand. Um, and I think if I can sort of spread that forward by our little story and make a donation to the RDA, because 10% of the profits will go to them, um, then I, I'm hugely grateful to be able to do that. 
I think that's gorgeous, that that idea of gratitude and of paying it forwards. And, you know, you were talking there about the kindness and the support of others. And it can be quite a lonely world, the equestrian world, because even if we're in a team, we're not really in a team. I mean, I was discussing this with someone the other day, even at the top levels, we talk about being a team sport. It's not, it's a collective sport. It's yeah. Individuals, yeah. We don't, we're not having to pass the ball to each other or think, work out what each other think. We go and do our bit as and a collective then, yeah. and yeah. hope that we've done well enough as a team but it isn't a team sport in that respect. And and it can be very lonely. And actually, that's exactly why I set up Eden, you know, the equestrian mm-hmm. development and empowerment network. It's exactly why that exists for what you say in there. It's a very, very carefully um, created supportive group that gets learning so that everyone's on the same page, mm-hmm. gets to support each other. I'm there to kind of check in and make sure everything's going. But basically, leave it to them in the group because mm. they're just an incredible group. Um, so I'd urge anyone who's looking for a great sportive community to consider coming into Eden because actually it's, a, it's, it's exactly what you were talking about. It's a wonderful mm-hmm. place to be from a support perspective. And so actually, tell us, you often don't know that someone else is nervous, you know, if people are off jumping and whatever. Um, but, you know, I was chatting to someone the other day and I was really surprised when he said, yeah, sometimes I do brick it a bit. You know, and, and and it's amazing that, that all sorts of people are maybe a bit nervous or they're struggling with an aspect of horse care or whatever. Um, and, you know, often people don't talk about the slightly more challenging bits. Um, so that's been really lovely on Instagram to find other people um, who are, you know, championing your corner and maybe experiencing a bit of the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I work with riders all the way to the top and I can tell you they have nerves, they get worried about things. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. You know, and Pippa Funnel's very good, actually, at saying that kind of stuff as well. I think she was one of the first kind of real top level competitors to say, I get nervous years ago. And people were like, what? What do you mean you get nervous? You don't look it. I might not look it. Yeah. Exactly. So tell us what, you know, what you want the future to be about for you. I know you want you want the podcast to get out there for people. Obviously, mm-hmm. you want the book to do really well. We'll tell people later on how to get hold of the book and, and how to be part of that. I know you've got some other fabulous little projects on the way as well. Yeah, in the pipeline, in the pipeline, but we'll see. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, up to Monday, I was a fundraiser for guide dogs. So I'm used to um, helping out charities where I can. Um, and I think in the future... I would like to do more of what I'm really enjoying. You know, I'm very fortunate to have Rosie and this whole journey of, you know, the book and the podcast, it's been a huge learning opportunity for me, you know, to find out what the process is of getting your book to, you know, be a hard copy in your hand um, and really to do do more of what I enjoy. I think a lot of people have found that lockdown and, and you know, the, the world we now live in has made them reassess what they want out of life. And yes, you know, everybody needs to work and, and you know, earn a daily crust and, and there are chores you have to do. But actually to make sure that you find a little bit of time um, to do more of, of what you enjoy and to um, focus on actually not what everyone else is doing and the things that you can't do, but to ensure that I continue to try and really focus on, you know, things that I can enjoy and, and things that I can do. Um, and in an ideal world, I would love, um, alongside the little book, to create some exercises around um, image positivity and to be able to offer those to children as well. And maybe for the book to be um, available to children at school um, so that they can can read a story where, you know, the main character does have challenges 
um, and so that you know it can spread a bit of positivity about difference or as people perceive difference. Wow, that sounds amazing. So tell us a little bit about and I don't know, but we'll see. Oh, who knows? Who knows? You put it out there now. You've put it out oh, yeah. there. That's <laughs> You've done it again. Yeah, yeah. I need to zip my mouth, I think. No, don't ever zip your mouth because it's great. You put it out there and then you make it happen. And I think that's wonderful because you're making some incredibly positive changes. So bigger picture then. Um, what is the book and the podcast and the other future things? What What's it about for you? So you want to help others. Like, you know, what's the real yeah. crux of it? I think there's that, you know, to, to be able to spread a bit of joy through Odin's story and to, you know, encourage little readers to think positively about difference and the things they could try I think for me personally part of the the crux of doing I've said with the podcast was to keep myself in the saddle and make myself ride when I wanted to back out um, and get off um, and also around maybe having a, a change in mindset to give things a go and and try and be um, a little bit more confident and not be the person that says oh that would be amazing but I could never do that and to have a bit more of an attitude of why not me I love but that. we'll see how it goes it's a work in progress no that's cool and you're doing great you're doing brilliant which is you know bit by bit these changes happen gradually they don't you don't suddenly have a lobotomy no one comes no. in and changes no. your mindset you know it has to come gradually yeah. through the steps that you feel are right for you with, you know, compassion and gentleness for you. But at the same time, my God, you can make some fast progress when you do it that way. Okay. Well, I must admit, you know, at the start of lockdown one, I didn't have a podcast. The book was, you know, some lines on an iPad. So it, it's been quite quick. But uh, I've always been a little bit the sort of person quite cautious and I would talk myself out of things. And I thought, well, actually, you know, I can just give things a go, maybe. Um, I'm really my ultimate dream is for all of this to transfer into the saddle and then I uh, canter around carefree but that's very much a long way off at the moment that's okay you know help is available if you ever need it um to get over that stuff but the point is that you are changing your mindset you're changing yeah. you know what it is that you want and and you're and you're you've got such a beautiful way of doing it to help others as well. I think that's so gorgeous that it's bigger than just you. Um, and when, when you have that kind of mindset that it's bigger than just you, like you want to help others and help yourself. That is, that is powerful. That really is powerful stuff. Because... And also I think, you know, Odin was, he was literally the love of my life. My whole family idolized him and it's sort of a way, you know, for him, for his loveliness to continue. That is beautiful. That is so nice. That's his legacy. His gift to you was to continue his legacy. Mm. Okay, I've had a comment in. It's gorgeous. Who does this sound like? <laughs> like a mirror image of my journey. We always assume we're singular when it comes to a lack of confidence. Well done, Jade. It's so hard for some to understand the trust thing. I was the same, but I've mm. learned uh, one step is your step and no one can take those bonuses from you. Well, Jenny said that, but I'm stealing it. <laughs> um, I'd love to hear more of I'd love to hear more of how it's going. So we'll have to link to your socials, please, which ties us beautifully in then to say, we, you've, we've heard about the book and we've heard about your podcast and we've heard about the things that, and top secret things that are coming. Um, tell us more how people can get involved, get in touch, follow your journey, send you encouragement, you know, share oh, their story, whatever it is. On um, Instagram, I'm at Jade Leahy with an underscore. And then the book is at Adventures Molly and Odin. Um, so yeah, if you want to have a little look, um, then feel free to have a browse. 
and the podcast is called Off the Lead Rain, and I'm on my, I think, my 15th episode, um, so, and I've got one coming up with uh, Bear Hug Goods, who's also known as Stitched Equestrian Victoria, um, so that will be really nice for her to share her journey. That's the next one. Um, yeah. Fab. So we can, we'll put the links and things in as well, and anyone listening to this back on the podcast, um, how can they get in touch with you? Is it through your Instagram? Um, through Instagram, or I'm, I've got a website, but that's actually being revamped by a lovely lady who I met um, on social. Um, and then the, the podcast off the lead rain is on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, and Podbean. So Happen. you can just look it up. But yeah. So off the lead rain is the podcast. And yeah. Instagram, you told us so people can can write that down as they heard yeah. that. Fantastic. That part of the thing was when I started it, I was still very much on a lead rein. And it was about who I could encounter that would give me the confidence to, to get off it and <laughs> keep riding. Amazing. And it's happened. So there you go. <laughs> it, yeah. it doesn't always have to be through the obvious means sometimes. Things work in mysterious ways. Mm. Super. Well, thank you so much for being an absolute pleasure chatting to you, Jade. Well done in taking yet oh, another yeah. step um to do it live this time nerve-wracking i shan't watch it back well <laughs> one day maybe you will maybe. Yeah, surely maybe. you must be getting used to the sound of your own voice by now because you're doing oh god yeah i'm sick of it i'm sick yeah. of it <laughs> <laughs> i know that feeling very well cool so thank you so much it's been an absolute pleasure i'm sure that lots of people will buy the books for their little ones perfect just in time for christmas as well um and um, that we'll hear no doubt more from you. We look forward to following your progress and uh, and helping you out however we can. Thank you very much. And your podcast is coming soon. So thank you so much to Bye. contributing. And I hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as I did. If you want to listen to more of them, then please do follow us in Apple, in Google and on Podbean. Hack Your Mindset with Jenny is the name of this podcast. So please do subscribe, follow us, and we look forward to you listening in to our next one. Bye, everyone. Who got this? You got this? You know you're gonna rock this? Who got this? You got this?